Well, good morning as we gather on this Wednesday in the 15th week, ordinary time, with beautiful reading we have from Exodus as well as its parallel reading in Matthew's Gospel, 11th chapter of Matthew. We have this call of Moses, Moses who perceives himself as unworthy. Father in heaven calls to him, Moses, Moses. Moses is unsure and he's uncertain of his worthiness to lead the people into this promised lands. And our Lord speaks to him and says, no, I've, I've called you. You have been called into a specific mission and I will go before you. I've heard the people's cry and I've chosen you, Moses, before time, since before you were conceived, I've called you into a specific purpose. And if you will humble yourself and follow me, I can use you to serve the people. I can use you to serve me, ultimately, through your works with the people. And that came to fruition. History records, obviously, that fact that Moses, in his humility, would follow them. He himself would not enter the Promised Land. Joshua would do that. But Moses would take them through that journey in the desert, those many years, to deliver them to the Lord's promise. In Matthew's Gospel today, the 11th chapter, it's just two verses, actually three verses, 25 through 27, out of that 11th chapter. And he's teaching us many things. Our Lord again reminds us of the Trinity. I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven, reestablishing Father, Son, Father, Son. I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, remember in this 10th and 11th chapter, he's been, uh, first of all, teaching his disciples and then sending them out, and he's dispensing wisdom and knowledge. He's trying to teach things to those, both his immediate followers and the people who would come to hear him. But he reminds all of us, although you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you've revealed them to the childlike. It isn't in humility that we come to realization. It's when we recognize we may not know something that we are open to learning. Often said, perhaps parents have used this quotation with their young children. I've heard it in my own life. I've heard it in various experiences, whether it was the military or corporate life. It's not what you know that gets you in trouble, it's what you think you know. That's what gets you into trouble. It's what you think you know. I know how to do something I may not actually know how to do, and then it results in a, in a problem or, or a significant error. And perhaps in, the, in a different way of saying it, it's those people who consider themselves to be all-knowing and all-wise are often not open to formation or open to learning new things, and as a result, in their assumed wisdom and insights, they block themselves off from learning and gaining true insight. Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. Again, our Lord speaking, captured by Matthew, establishing this father-son relationship. If a person says, well, I'm not sure of a Trinitarian God, you're not reading the words of God himself speaking. Father, Son, it's established. We know elsewhere in scripture, the Trinity in full. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, most beautifully in John's Gospel. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal Him. Now we have to pause with that and remind ourselves, again in humility, it's not of our own merits that any of us become exposed to the Gospel. We don't wake up, we don't spring forth from the womb. I think I'll seek out the truth of Christ. We typically don't do that. Something happens in our life, either through loving parents or other individuals who enter our life, that we are exposed to the gospel and then we have to decide at some point of maturity 
I believe it or I don't. But that's God's grace to be exposed to the gospel. That's God's grace. That's not something we earn. We can't pat ourselves on the back and say, how fortunate am I that I have been able to do this because it's my will, my merits, my decisions that lead to this. It is a personal decision to follow Christ. That, that's true, but it is not a personal decision to be exposed to the gospel. That happened through God's grace, and our Lord is affirming that today. On this day, we celebrate another young one, a simple girl, uh, born Degaguitha, that is her actual name. It, interestingly enough, is, means she who bumps into things in her Algonquin language. She who bumps into things. It, she's a Mohican who are part of the Algonquin family language. So Hurons, Mohicans, Seneca, Oneidas, Cayugas, all spoke a derivative of the Algonquin language, just as beautifully so here in the West, the parent language group is Salishan. So Kootenais, Cordelaines, Flatheads, Snakes, Nez Perce, many of the Western tribes of the Northwest speak a derivative of the Salishan language, but in the East, the parent language is Algonquin. And young Tagaguitha is born the daughter of a Mohican chief, uh, at 16, the Jesuit missionaries who were then operating in New France, or today we know it as Quebec, were very active in their missionary work with the Aboriginal people. And young Degaguitha is exposed to the Jesuit missionary work. And through God's grace, she's exposed to that gospel truth. And in her simpleness of life, in her purity of life, chooses to follow it. And at 19, she has herself baptized. She chooses baptism at 19. And then she consecrates herself as a virgin. She, uh, because she was the daughter of a chief, she was much desired. And I, I assume through her own personal presence, she was much desired. But she refuses marriage, an arranged marriage. Her mother was conspiring to get her married to this other young man. And she said no and left the meeting house where they were gathered what was supposed to be their engagement dinner, she, she said no and fled. And she committed herself and devoted herself to studying the word and being mentored and, and tutored in the word. And she took upon herself corporal works of mercy. She uh, was very penitential minded. She was very humble in her learning of the faith and became an inspiration to many. She became known as Lily of the Mohawks Lily of the Mohawks was her name. She would die in 1680, not a martyr, a white martyr of the faith. She died beautifully so in her faith. She wasn't killed for her faith. But she herself became a, a teacher to many and an inspiration to many because of her devotedness to the faith. The prayer to our Blessed Mother, obviously by the Jesuit missionaries, was taught initially in Latin and then French. And in the Algonquin language, I had a privilege of meeting an Algonquin speaker in my first year in seminary. They were actually out west in Lewiston, Idaho, but they had come grown up in the east. And that elder, this elder woman, this beautiful woman, attempted to teach this young knucklehead seminarian how to pray the Hail Mary in Algonquin because at the church in Lewiston, the Mission Church, has a beautiful statue where we have the Marian altar. They had a beautiful statue, have a beautiful statue to 
to Katerina Tegaguitha. And this elder woman taught me this, and I hope I do it justice, to Hail Mary. Tegaguitha, Katerina Tegaguitha, pray for us.